Sunday evening as the Los Angeles Clippers win again. It was not an easy win to say the least, but the Clippers come up with a W against the short-handed Houston Rockets. No, oh boy, Kevin Porter Jr., no Jalen Green, but the Clippers still get a win. And of course, they were short-handed as well. So we're going to talk about it because the last time that Matt Matawar and I were chatting was last weekend. It was Sunday when the Clippers lost their sixth in a row. But since then, Matt, the Clippers have won two out of three. I told you to be a little more optimistic, Matt. And look what we've got here. We've got two wins out of three. Not too shabby, my friend. How are you? Sports ethos, Clipper Nation, Brandon Marcus. How the heck are you? I'm okay. I'm great. Two out of three works for me. I'm a, uh, I'm a little more optimistic than I was a week ago. I'm, there's still some stuff that's concerning me. There's still some injuries. But we've won two out of three. We're now back out of the play-in uh, scenario that you and I talk so much about. Yeah. So I'm doing okay. So it's funny because I was the one that had the more optimistic tone last podcast. But I'm going to come at you with a pretty hot take. It's not even probably that Ooh. hot of a take on this episode. Um, that's a little less optimistic. Uh, but like you said, the Clippers now move into that number six spot ahead of Minnesota, ahead of Golden State, um, ahead of Utah, Phoenix, and it's not by much. It's one and a half games back of Phoenix, who's the 10, and then just a half a game ahead of Minnesota. And the schedule gets really tough from here on out for the Clippers. They have one day off on MLK Day tomorrow, and then they take on Philly on Tuesday at Utah on Wednesday. Then at San Antonio and at Dallas, that Texas road trip's never easy. And then back home to take the, take on the Lakers, which, by the way, those three games, San Antonio, Dallas, Lakers, those are ones you'd expect to take at least two of three, but we'll see what happens. So we're going to talk about today's game. And I mentioned the Clippers have won two out of three since we recorded a 113-101 win over Dallas, which was a very good Clippers win, um, a win against Luka Doncic, one where... The Clippers were again without Paul George, but Kawhi Leonard had 33 in that game. Norman Powell had 27. So the two guys that we expect to do a lot of the scoring have. But I want to focus on today's game because I think it gave us a couple of different topics to discuss. Um, first off, I think we need to give credit to the man, and I not even mean to do it that way, give credit to the man, Terrence Mann, because, my goodness gracious, we were talking about him, Matt, and we said that he needs to play more. He is essential for a couple of reasons. Number one, it seems like he actually gives a flying F from the tip. And from start to finish, he's going to work his ass off, which you cannot say for every single Clipper on this team. I feel like some of them take possessions off. It does not feel like that's the case for Terrence Mann. Second of all... He provides defense and length and athleticism and some youth, which this Clippers team does not have. You and I spoke um, in the season preview about how old this team is, how all these guys are over 30. Terrence Mann provides some youth and injects some life into this team, and we saw it today. 31 points, 6 rebounds, 4 assists, and frankly, he carried the Clippers to start when Kawhi started 1 of 4 from the field. He obviously got going later, but T-Man had that half-court shot, obviously, to end the first half. A little bit of momentum. He hit five threes. Ty Lue talked about the confidence there that he had shooting the three ball, 12 of 16 from the field in 41 minutes. And you just wonder, Matt, how this guy was left out of the rotation at certain points. And I know you and I discussed it, and we said, you know what, Ty Lue is certainly just messing with the rotations. 
but you could make a case now that Ty Lue probably cost his team a couple of wins by not playing Terrence Mann earlier in the season, but at least he played him today, Matt. It's that it's that mid-season adjustment that we were that we've talked about so much, like how Ty Lue is the the quote-unquote king of in-game or in-series adjustments during the playoffs. Now we now we know, forty-one minutes tonight from T Man, he had uh, he he matched that forty-one minutes exactly against the Mavericks. Our last two wins. Is it a coincidence? I don't know, but. It's like you were saying. It's an an injection of energy. It's it's, it's an injection of of ju- of defense and length. But the way that the the players look on the court, um, like the eye test says that when when he's when he's on the court and 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 then the ball is moving and it's it's a better look than 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 when he's not on the court than than when our other guys are starting. So I, I do believe that that T-Man is sort of a key to unlock this. Now, of course, today was against the Rockets, yeah. not the greatest team in the world. but and, and he didn't have as great of a performance against the Mavericks, but he did play, like I said, 41 minutes. Uh, and guess what? He was a plus 24 in that game against the Mavericks, leading the team by a significant margin because when he's on there, Things things tend to move. It doesn't get it doesn't get as stagnant, and I, I really think that's it's going to be a huge piece moving forward. Yeah, and even against Denver when they lost by twelve, T Man was only a minus four, um, so they outscored um, Denver by obviously they got outscored by less um, or outscored by more when T Man was off the floor. So he's certainly a key to what they're doing. You brought up a good point, and that is the forty one minutes. That's a lot of minutes, and for a guy, and I give credit here to Lucas Hahn, who brought this up on Twitter, who does a great job over at 213 Hoops um, and the Lob the Jam podcast, and he mentioned um, the amount of just wear and tear they could possibly put on a guy like Terrence Mann, who's having to play all these minutes, and you and I talked about it earlier in the season. It was just a matter of time before Reggie Jackson got hurt because of the amount of minutes he had to play. I mean, I look back, remember that game where he played the entire third quarter after possibly getting hurt at the end of the second quarter. And then what do you know, a couple days later, something pops up and now he's been hurt for a little while. Um, and, and you just, and now he's back obviously, but he got hurt because you just can't deal with a guy playing that many minutes every single night. And for a guy that you need to be that juice and have that athleticism and have that energy Playing him a lot of minutes could do some harm. So you just, it, it, and it brings me to what I want to talk about in a little bit, but that could be a little bit of a problem here when you're having to play a guy like Terrence Mann so much. I mean, Terrence Mann, and, and you're completely correct, Terrence Mann playing that many minutes. And one thing that, so I, I did get to watch the be, from the beginning of this game, the Nuggets game, the Mavericks game. It, is Kawhi Leonard going to play like the entire first quarter? Yeah. <laughs> like, Every time moving forward, like it's crazy, and and only to even kind of try to stay in these games, like that's that's not a recipe for at least regular season success. Perhaps in a seven game series when when the playoffs roll around, but I mean Kawhi is in there a lot, and I know PG's out, but a lot in the first quarter, and the the, the minutes distribution is is getting a, a little scary. Like we we of course we want Zoo to see 30, 30 plus overall, but. 
to have Kawhi do 32, 36, 38, then you, and like we were saying, 41 for man, so on and so forth. It's, I want to, I don't want to say alarming, but I, I'm, I'm looking more towards like, because Terrence Mann, a little bit older than you may think. He's actually, I think he's like 26, 27, but yeah. to have Kawhi play like the, the entire first quarter in all of these games is a little, uh, it's a little concerning to me. Yeah, Terrence Mann, by the way, is 26. Um, 26, but, but he's, good, what, good for him. He's younger than these guys that are starting, Batum, Morris, Kawhi, PG. So he's got some athleticism to him, but you're right about Kawhi, and I've noticed that, that he's playing the entire first quarter. And what's crazy today, and it kind of shows a little bit of desperation, Matt, that Kawhi picked up two early fouls, and he started one of four. You could have easily pulled him at that two fouls um, when he got the second foul, but... Ty Lue kept him in, and he risked it. And we saw it, I believe it was with Zoo, where he kept him in and he got an extra foul. I think he had four fouls or something a couple of games ago. I could be making that up. I feel like that's what happened. Um, but it's, it's just one of those things where you kind of need to play Kawhi. And let's get straight into what I want to discuss, and we'll come back and forth between this game. But this Clippers team isn't good enough. Um, they need to make a trade. And they need to do it very soon because when you don't have guys like Marcus Morris, who, by the way, I, we've discussed time and time again on this podcast that he is that guy that gives you scoring when one of those dudes in PG or Kawhi are out. When you don't have him and you don't have Luke Kennard and you don't have PG and, uh, I mean, John Walls, whatever, when you don't have those guys on the floor, then you don't have much. I mean, this team that started – Man, Coffee, Zoo, Batum, Kawhi. Batum, you can't count on to get you double-digit points. You just can't. Amir Coffee, no. Terrence Mann, sure. Zoo, time and time again. So that leaves you with your starters having Kawhi and T-Man. And Matt, our Clippers right now are in the heat of it. They are in the middle of a playoff run. And right now, you and I are pretty optimistic. We think the Clippers have a chance to win it all. Are you putting money on the Clippers? I'm putting money on the Clippers, but I'm not. I'm, I'm hedging my bets, if that makes any sense. I do love the Clippers, but look, I, I can't just put all my eggs in one basket. No, you cannot do that. You can go and put money on a couple of different teams if you want. You know where you can do that? You can do it over at my bookie. Whether you think the Clippers can come and win it all despite being a really early favorite and now falling apart, but then possibly getting it back together, or you think it's going to be Steph Curry and the Warriors or Giannis and the Bucks. Regardless of what you're betting on, cash in and cash out quick with my bookie using the promo code ethos, E-T-H-O-S, ethos, when you make your first deposit. You heard that right. My bookie will spot you extra cash with your deposit, minimum $45, but you can claim the bonus all the way up to two thousand dollars you ready to get betting matt i'm putting 45 dollars at a minimum in because they'll claim the bonus all the way up to two thousand dollars i'm investing right now i got a i got a lot of ideas of what's going to happen now that the now that we're halfway through this nba season turn game day into payday when you bet with my bookie you look at every other starting lineup that is a top five team in the west and I can promise you they have more than two guys that are going to get 10-plus points. I mean, it just it just doesn't seem like they have a lot. And then you look at the bench, and it's just Norman Powell and maybe hoping Reggie Jackson gets hot. 
that's not good enough. And you could say, well, what happens when they get PG and Kawhi, and then you add Marcus Morris and you add Luke Kennard? Well, these guys can't stay healthy. You need to have more, and you can't be at the point where you're having to rely, and this goes back to the team and point, where you're relying on a guy to play 41 minutes to provide you that juice, and you can't play Kawhi the amount of minutes at times that you're playing him and playing him the entire first quarter at times. Like, you need to figure out a way to bring somebody else in that's going to take the scoring load off of a couple of these guys. Do you agree or disagree? I agree, and I, you know, with the, all this talk about depth and everything, it's like, of course, so we have Norm Powell who can score, and we we have we have a senior and we have all these people but at the end of the day yeah like you, you tweeted something else like when it's funny that either zoo or uh batum has to be on the floor when when either paul or paul george or or Kawhi aren't on there and, yeah but that but that doesn't say much for scoring like you're saying right so it 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 it's it's really it's really it's going to be a it's going to be a tough situation and honestly just to boil it down a trade needs to happen sooner rather than later for these guys because like even look at the pelicans like you were talking about some of the teams in the top 5 like ingram hasn't played in forever and yeah and 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 zion is out consistently and they they still are able to put up points because they have people that do that and i I don't think that the Clippers have done that consistently this season. Yeah, and then you look at the defensive side of the ball where the Clippers have been atrocious. I mean, and that goes back to what you were saying about my tweet, and I said that you need to have Zoo or Batum on the floor when, along with one other guy like Terrence Mann, when Kawhi or PG is sitting. And obviously PG's out, so that's irrelevant at this point. So when you have Kawhi, Batum, Mann, and Zoo, you need to have at least two of those guys on the floor and the Clippers defense was not good when they only had Terrence Mann on the floor with the bench unit. It's just not good enough. When you have Mann, Reggie Jackson, Moses Brown, Norm Powell, and Robert Covington, it's not good enough. It's frankly not good enough. And the Clippers need to figure out a way to bring somebody in that can get you double digit points and can defend. And that's what everybody's looking for. Everybody's looking for that three and D type guy and you need to find them. You need to find one more piece to this roster because you need someone with juice. And I have I see some people talking about KJ Martin, who today, by the way, against the Clippers, had 22 points, nine rebounds, and he was nine of 14 from the field. And this is a guy that has some juice. He has some athleticism. I'm not sure if he's the guy that you need to bring in, but you need someone that can get points. And you Zoo's not going to create for himself. Amir Coffey's not creating for himself. Batum's not creating for himself. It's Kawhi, T-Man, and Norm. And that's it. And sure, like I said, you can count on Reggie Jackson from night to night, possibly. But he was not good today. By the way, I don't want to take a whole lot of stock into today's performance. The guy's been riding the bench for the last week or two. So I'm not going to sit here and criticize Reggie Jackson for what he did today. I mean, it's not easy for him, first of all, coming off the bench. Second of all, to be a DNPCD and then come off the bench. When you when you end up getting the call, so I'm not going to criticize Reggie Jackson today, but you just need one more piece. And the Clippers' defense has been god awful um, 
this month. And I had to go back. I was looking to see when was the last time they allowed less than 100. And it was ages ago. And I think it was against the Washington Wizards. It's just, it's not good. And they need to do something because you cannot keep relying on Kawhi and T-Man. And then if you're relying on Nick Batum to be on the floor all the time defensively, Matt, you're, you're going to run him into the ground. This team is so old that you can't keep running these guys into the ground when you only have three or four pieces you can count on. That's the problem. I mean, it's... You're correct. It's it's almost 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time here. I'm about as old as all these Clippers, and I even texted you right before we recorded here, like, look, I'm getting a little tired. It's almost 7, so I can't imagine what these guys are doing playing an entire NBA season. And I have to give you credit because I had a lot of text messages today from, from Clippers friends, and I apologize to all of them who are listening but they were like, get Brandon Boston Jr. in there. I- I'm going to the game on Tuesday against Philly. And they're like, yell at T. Lou. We got to get Brandon Boston. I was like, well, he had a spark off the bench, sure. Yeah. But it's like you and I were saying, that's not the solution. That's no. not the key, is Brandon Boston Jr., especially if we want to try to win a title this year. That's that's not that's not what's going to happen. And, and we're going to run guys like Batum and, um, and Kawhi and everybody into the ground. If if we play them all these minutes, they are a bit older, and it's it's a little it's a little concerning. Yeah, like you, like, like you were saying, right? And when healthy, sure, you've got the juice in there. You've got Marcus Morris, you've got Kawhi, you've got PG. I mean, right there, you've got three dudes that can straight up score, and then you surround them with Zoo and T Man, and you have four different guys that can create for themselves. Plus Zoo, that's a good lineup. And then you add Luke, who can score. You add Norm, who can score off the bench. And they're okay. And so I'm sure people are saying, well, when healthy, they're fine. But again, how many times have we said on this podcast that we can't judge this team based on the when healthy? Because they can't stay healthy. They haven't been healthy all year. There's been like two or three games where the Clippers have actually had all their guys available. I mean, how many times do the Clippers have PG and Kawhi in the starting lineup together? Not that many times. I mean, earlier in the season, Kawhi was off the bench. They just cannot get these guys all healthy together, and it's brutal for Ty Lue to try and manage. Oh, it's brutal. And, Brandon, we play teams that also aren't healthy. Look at the Nuggets game. They didn't have Jokic, and we still lose. So not healthy is not really an excuse to me anymore. That's a great point. And the Clippers were five and a half point favorites, by the way, in that game. And my brother even texted me and he said, why are the Clippers favored by so little? He's like, they're terrible with Jokic off the floor. And I said, I don't really buy that. I mean, they've got a lot of talent there with Jamal Murray and Michael Porter. But then I saw my buddy Law Murray of the Athletic tweet the numbers with Jokic off the floor for the Nuggets. And they had the Houston Rockets level of offense. And by the way, the Rockets only scored 100 today. And they're 10 and 33 on the season. So this is a very bad basketball team. And the very bad basketball team still beat the Clippers. And the very bad basketball team in Houston still led the Clippers at halftime today. So the Clippers are not good enough. And that goes back to my original point. You need to be beating Denver without Jokic. You need to be ahead of the Houston Rockets and not giving up 63 points at the half. You cannot... Blame it on the 12 p.m. start, because guess what? They had to have a 12 p.m. start, too. So I don't want to blame it on that. You can't blame the Clippers not having PG, not having Marcus Morris, because Houston would kill to have some of the guys that you have. I mean, their starting lineup today was full of guys who are young dudes. K.J. Martin, Jabari Smith, Shangun, 
Knicks, who I've never even heard of, Deshaun Knicks, and then Eric Gordon, who is the ageless one, um, loved Eric Gordon on the Clippers. But you just don't have anything coming off the bench either for Houston. There's no excuse, and, and you shouldn't need to take it until the fourth quarter to outscore them by 20 and win by 21. I mean, going into the fourth quarter, they were only up by one. That It's not good enough, Matt. It's just not. It's not good enough, and you mentioned Eric Gordon loved EG, or as Ralph Lawler would call him, EJ, because hmm. he's Eric Jr. Right. But, um, yeah, like sh- I remember there's one play I was watching. Um, Shingun, I think he took it basically like baseline to baseline, and uh, Zeus thought maybe he like didn't get a call. He was arguing with the ref. Shingun just took it all the way and laid it up it was just there there is there is some bad habits and which is you don't want bad habits in what you would hope to be a championship team because like the defense today like while yes we they only scored 100 but they're the rockets they're gonna only score 100 mike fratello said a good thing too it's like uh now the free throw discrepancy ended up being 21 total free throws for for the clippers 23 for the Rockets, but in the first half it was like we we had only taken like three or four maybe in the first quarter. And he's like, when you when you're just jump shooting and there's no inside presence, you're not gonna get a lot of free throws. And I thought that was very telling what Mike said, like, well uh the, we don't have any inside presence, we're not getting a lot of fouls called. Especially of course it has to do with PG being out because he, he does draw a lot of attention inside the lane when he drives, but yeah, it it was, and these younger guys, except for Eric Gordon, EJ, our our friend, but they they were they were cooking him a little bit. So yeah, there. I I, I want to bring this up, and we're talking about a trade, and everybody, I just, I mean, everybody is saying Boyan Bogdanovich is the guy who's going to be traded to some team. Are you tired of hearing that, or does he make sense on the Clippers? I could see it. He's a three point shooter. Um, I just don't know how much he'll provide defensively. Um, exactly. I don't know. I, I mean, I, honestly, I don't watch him on a night-to-night basis, so I don't know how good he is defensively, but I don't think he's great. Um, and so, yeah, the, can he create for himself? Hopefully. Uh, I can see that being a possible trade ship, a guy that, that you want to try and acquire that can shoot the three ball. But I don't know, possibly. And, and by the way, the reason why I'm I'm talking like this and I'm bringing this up is because it feels like we're getting to the point with this Clippers team that we're starting to treat them like a 6-7 seed. When when you have Kawhi and PG and you trade away SGA, who is now a top 10 guy you could make a case for in the Western Conference, then you got to get immediate returns, man. It's been enough of these appearances in the playoffs and not going far enough. And granted, injuries have occurred but that's just the way these guys are built. Kawhi and PG are always hurt. Always. And they're always missing games. But when you invest as much as you did into Kawhi and PG and you got rid of SGA, you need to win games and you need to do it now. And the Clippers were outside that top six going into this game. They were in the play-in tournament. This is not a play-in tournament type team. You can make fun of the Lakers all you want. Right now, the Clippers are not doing as well as they should be doing. And they are very Lakers-esque end of point where they are, have these guys 
and they're underachieving. And I'm tired of the Clippers underachieving. It's just getting exhausting when you are playing against a team like the Houston Rockets and you're like, all right, well, you should beat them. And they're they're down at the half. And you play against a team in the Denver Nuggets that don't have Jokic. And, and you you lose. It's it just it's tiring and I'm sick of it. And the Clippers need to figure out a way to get somebody else in there so they can stop losing these types of games and stop being in these types of games that they do end up winning but are too close for comfort at points. It's like uh, our, so there's a, there's a lot in there to unpack, Brandon. Yeah. Um, our friends from Legion Hoops on Twitter told us that, and, and I know 2K23 isn't everything, but Shea Gilgis-Alexander is now a 92 overall, which is higher than PG and Kawhi. Yeah. So you got rid of the best, you got rid of the best player in that trade right now. I mean, it, you, yeah, exactly. you, you obviously can make the case that going forward, would you rather have Kawhi or PG right now than SGA? Probably, but I'm not sure I'd rather have PG than SGA. I don't know. I mean, I'd rather have Kawhi, but with the amount of games that PG has missed, it's a debatable topic. Would you rather have SGA or would you rather have PG? And you made that trade, and it's not looking good. Yeah, I mean, a gut reaction would, you know, you you, you want to side with PG because he's our guy, and we yeah. he, 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 he did what he did against against utah and then into the phoenix series a couple of years ago but honestly like if we're really to boil it down it's like sga is he just he's unstoppable right now i'm i'm and i'm a little curious yeah so so it sucks it 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 sucks starting like of course the clippers are traditionally bad um during afternoon games but against a team like the Rockets, who, like you said, are you know they're barely in double digits, and they've won ten games this season, and the Clippers are trying to win a championship too. To have to focus in, especially in the first half, like oh my gosh, like are we really going to lose this game? Like it, it should it should sort of be like a, and I don't want to say a given because no 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 game is a given, but it it sucks. And you said that we need to get some a scoring influx but we do need a trade so a lot of rumors going around on like twitter this that and the other like oh we're, we're talking about like the the, the dead man the, the dwayne deadmans of the world or like i don't think we get Jakob purtle even though people are saying that yeah, i don't want maybe, maybe the mason plumleys of the world but so do you think another big man or or no. like a bogdanovich even though i'm tired of hearing about it is there like a score that needs to come in another point guard like a as people have brought up lowry even I don't know what we what the Clippers can get, but what direction need, do we need to go? I think it's a guy who is a, like I've said, a taller player, um, but that's not a center. Someone that you could interchange between two to four, and that is most likely a four and can score and create his own shot. Is, and there's not very many John, of those. Is John, Col- is John yeah. Collins too expensive? Or Yeah, I mean, that's the question, is how much is John Collins going to cost if they even decide to get rid of him? And who else is out there that you could possibly put in that position. And like, I, I mean, I could say a time and time again that you got to make a trade, but I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know who they can get. And it just seems like that the Clippers find a way to get someone that you didn't think was available. I mean, did you really think Norm Powell was available last year? Cause I didn't think Norm Powell was available. He had a really nice friendly team, friendly contract. And I didn't think Robert Covington was going to get dealt either. And the Clippers ended up getting both. So uh, I think this front office has the ability to get the guy they want. 
and whether he's available or not at the moment and one of those top names, usually that's not the case. He's not one of those top names. Uh, so I don't know who they're going to go after, but it's got to be someone that can score and someone that can take the load off of PG and Kawhi and stop playing guys like Zoo even. I mean, Tomara Zarli tweeted before the game that he asked Ty Lu about Zoo and whether his defense, you think, has fallen off a little bit. And Ty Lu said, yeah, it's possible, and it's because of the amount of minutes we've had to play him. And it's funny he even says that because there were times where I said Zoo wasn't playing enough even a month ago. But now they're having to play him so much because of all these guys being hurt and the Clippers not having a backup big man that you now are starting to run him into the ground and it's affecting his defense. It's just there's too many guys that are having to put too much on at certain points in the season. It was Reggie Jackson earlier in the year when Kawhi and PG were out. And now it's starting to become guys like Terrence Mann and Zoo with PG out, with Luke Kennard out. It's it's getting to be too much on some of these guys. They need to have one more guy in there that you can count on. Yeah, absolutely. It's like it's like with with Zoo. It's it's not only the the number of minutes. It's the it's the the quality of minutes that yeah. he's getting. He just he's he's asked to do so much. Not only are you the only defensive anchor as a center, but then you got to get the offensive boards. You got to you know, put these back, you got to make your free throws. I mean, anybody's going to get exhausted and, and then who, and he has no backup to it. So yeah. that's, very, that's tough indeed. And especially, and then with the, with PG out with, with the, um, with, with, with the lineup in flux, it, I mean, it, you, people can get exhausted mentally, not only physically. And I think that's, that's probably happening now. Now, now, what we're going to do moving forward, like you said, it's it's tough to to get a scorer, to get somebody with length. Yeah, who knows who's going to become available? I don't. Is it going to be a splash move? Is it just going to be another rotation move? That's that's really what it. It's going to be. It's going to be in it, uh, February 9th, I believe, is the. Uh, yeah, it's a Thursday. Is the trade deadline? So yeah. we're, we're we're approaching it. Yeah, I mean, we're only a couple of weeks away, and um, this happens in baseball, and I it really just befuddles me how teams have to wait until the last possible second to make a deal. Like, if you're an MLB team, why are you waiting until the last possible second when you know you're going to be a contender? Like, wouldn't you rather have that guy for the extra month or so to try and get you wins now? Like, if you're the Clippers, wouldn't you rather have someone to help you now with all these guys in and out of the lineup getting hurt so you can win games? The Clippers have one of the hardest schedules remaining. You need to bring somebody in now because if you go and run out this team that you ran out today against Houston, you're going to lose a lot of games and you're going to be in that play-in tournament and you don't want to be there and you do not want to be there. So I I want to give credit to Terrence Mann. That's how we started this pod and he was fantastic today. I just think he's playing a few too many minutes and that goes back to the general gist of the conversation that we've had with just guys being ridden to the ground. But there's one last thing that I want to talk about and that's Kawhi. He's close to being back, Matt. He, we talked about in this podcast that once I start seeing the defensive stats to go along with the scoring, we'll know he's back. And that means the offense is back. The defense is back. And he was 12 of 24 a day, three of five from three, three of three from the free throw line. I remember he was struggling from the free throw line um, when he came back. 
30 points, six rebounds, four assists, and oh yeah, two steals and a block. So three defensive stats there. And he's been outstanding. I mean, you look at what he's done recently. And La Murray of The Athletic tweeted this out an hour ago. Kawhi in his first 10 games this season, 13.7 points, 44% field goal, 3.3 free throws attempted, 5.8 rebounds, 0.7 steals, 26 minutes. Kawhi's next 11. The 21st game was today. It was the first time that he played four games in a row. He's gone from 13.7 points to 23.8. So 10 more points. Field goal percentage from 44% to 50.5%. His three-point percentage from 21% to 39.5%. Free throws attempted 3.3 to 5.6. Rebounds from 5.8 to 6.5. Steals 0.7 to 1.5. Minutes from 26 to 33.2. He's back. He's back, and i i want to I want to preface what with what I'm about to say is that the panic meter that was a few months ago was warranted because this that was unheard of. Like with him coming back, and then they're not the Clippers not telling us any information about what was going on with his knee and him missing an extra month. The panic meter was warranted. Yeah. But the excitement meter now is also warranted because all those percentages you said, if you look at if you look at him on the floor, he's calling for the ball. He's bringing the ball up. He's calling for it. People are setting screens for him. If he doesn't get something, if he do, if he doesn't get a look that he wants, he's upset. If he makes a mistake, I remember he uh, he he passed the ball to Reggie. I think it was in like the end of the second quarter or whatever there's about two seconds left on the shot clock he's just like my bad he's taking his role as the on-court leader of this team speaking of Kawhi, and it's very encouraging to see so he's back if we can get pg back and then maybe and then maybe make a uh that's that's the that, that's pg time. coming back that's pg oh pg get in here we're, we're talking about you yeah um i think i I think good things are to come in that regard. That was pretty good, by the way. The the door opening as we're talking about PG possibly coming back. And so, you know what's funny, by the way, is that I think he's coming back. Uh, I, I, I'm apt, actually very optimistic on that front. First of all, we got news that John Wall is out for two weeks. So the fact that we actually have a timeline for a player means that perhaps it really is truly day-to-day with Kennard and PG, and then PG was practicing, um, not actually in practice, but he was shooting around a couple of days ago. I'm optimistic that the Clippers get him back by Friday at the latest against San Antonio, and I think it's possible it may be as soon as Tuesday against Philadelphia. I think we're going to get him back soon, Um, and it may just be optimism on my end, but it does feel like we're going to get him back soon. And so, like you said, you get PG back back, like actually back, along with Kawhi, who is his former self. And you have a team that, once again, should be competing with the teams that are at the top of the West and the top of the East. And that be Philadelphia on Tuesday, and that be Cleveland in a couple of weeks on Sunday at Cleveland. Milwaukee a couple days later in Milwaukee, Brooklyn a couple days after that. You've got a tough schedule coming up, and it's a very long road trip that John Wall is supposed to possibly be available at the end of. But you've got games now versus Philly, at Utah, 
at San Antonio, at Dallas, at the Lakers versus San Antonio. That is six games that the Clippers very, very easily could go two and four. But they also very easily could go five and one. So this is a critical stretch. You and I talked about that game um, last week and how the game against Denver was going to be really important because we would see how the Clippers would do um, with guys healthy, uh, not having a back-to-back. And, of course, the Jokic is out in that Denver game, and then PG is out, and then even the Denver game prior to that, they got their doors blown off um, on a Thursday night in Denver. And then Friday they played at Minnesota. So that game, I think, was the one that we were talking about. It was the Thursday, the fifth game at Denver. You and I talked too much. I don't even know which one I'm talking about. I think it was the Denver game on the fifth. Either way, they lost both Denver games. So this is another crucial stretch for the Clippers, and we'll see what they're made of. And I think they need PG back sooner rather than later because, frankly, this team is a play-in team without Paul George and without making a move. With um, a, a move needs to be made, but that's going to be a little bit down the line. Without Paul George, we're done. Like the Clippers, without a healthy Paul George, and yeah, it's over. I, I, I will tell you this, Brandon, and um, I know – I know a lot of people that listen to this are also fantasy players, as you and I both are. And at the beginning, at the beginning of the season, or close to it, I traded for Kawhi. Too much, um, much chagrin. Much people are like, "Whoa, did you trade for Kawhi? What's going on with him?" And that's worked out. I just guess what? On the same fantasy team, traded for Paul George. Oh boy, I did it. I traded. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you the trade. Okay. I traded. I traded. Chris Tapps, Porzingis, and and Mike Conley for Paul George. Wow. So, I mean, and Porzingis is actually healthy. He is. And we're going to hope that Paul George gets healthy, not only for the Clippers, but for my sanity, for my 2023, and 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 to what we, uh, what we have moving forward here. But there's no way without him being 100% healthy that the Clippers can be out of that play-in, play-in group. Plus, maybe a trade, but the most immediate thing is getting the guys that are on the team now healthy. Yeah, and I think this is the time to promote what you're doing at Sports Ethos, besides the Ethos Clippers podcast, because we talk about fantasy. A quick drop that I currently have with an INJ next to them, meaning injured, my five best players, KD, Halliburton, Chris Paul, Miles Turner, Paul George, all five of them are currently out and Porzingis was out at one point. So my team has been an absolute disaster. And I want you to tell the people what you're doing over at Sports Ethos besides for the Clippers podcast. Well, I, and, and I have just about all of those players except for KD. But, yeah. I mean, the Halliburton thing was crazy. Over at Sports Ethos, um, the forums are just the greatest way to connect with other other fantasy basketball players, just basketball heads in general. It's a, it's it's so much fun the discourse that happens over there, and we have a thing called um, the the misery loves company because look, just you saying those players are on your team and now that they're on my team, I feel a little bit better that they're. I, I don't know why. It's just human nature. I feel like they're misery loves company. That's why misery loves company. And it's, so it's the Sunday sob stories. It's the misery loves company, but it's, it's, it's the sports ethos forums, the misery loves company. And if, if anybody listening has any, not even from this season, 
there are stories there from Dan Bespris. Just, I mean, from everybody has has told stories about how they've made trades, about how you know. I I I made a trade for uh, Victor Oladipo years ago, right before he blew out his patella tendon. Like, I mean, like the day before, and it's all it's all kind of stuff. But it's it's a community that we can we can we can cry, we can laugh, and we can live together, friends. Okay, so let's go ahead and predict these next six games for the Clippers and what is the big stretch before they go on that long road trip. Philly at Utah, at San Antonio, at Dallas, at Lakers versus San Antonio. Six games. I'm predicting four and two. What are you predicting? It's a five and one. Wow. Optimistic. Boy, how the tables have turned here on this podcast from last weekend. Wow, five and one. So I'm assuming the loss is going to be either versus Philly on Tuesday or at Utah on Wednesday, because that's certainly a schedule loss. The game at Utah with Kawhi probably sitting. Oh no, we win all those. It's actually the last game because wow, it's it's, it's the Spurs one. Back home against San Antonio when they really are back home probably after that Dallas game because you put the Lakers on that Tuesday. But wow, okay, calling your I'm, shots. I'm, I'm, I'm having a, I'm having a clairvoyant moment here. Okay, listen. Perhaps it's you being tired and you just wanting to just have some optimism and your judgment perhaps a little clouded, but we'll, we'll take it. Five and one <laughs> prediction for Mr. Matt Mattawarren. You can follow him at Matt Mattawarren on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at BD Marcus. This has been the Ethos Clippers podcast. Go ahead, follow us on Twitter, rate and review the podcast. If you have a platform that allows you to do so, it's been fantastic being back Last weekend, the Clippers had lost six in a row. They've now won two of three. There's optimism. Matt thinks the Clippers are going to win five of their next six. I think they're going to win four of their next six. There's some optimism. We'll find out if that is the correct optimism. As the Clippers face Philly on Tuesday, then Wednesday at Utah, we'll try and get you a podcast either Wednesday night or on Thursday. Until then, he's Matt. I'm Brandon. And, of course, as always, go Clips. Go Clips.